welcome to the Bridge the Divide podcast with Erica Turner and Heidi Wheeler, hosts and founders of the group Bridge the Divide Cedarburg. We hope to provide a forum for discussion and action around racial reconciliation. We seek to identify instances of inequality, foster empathy, and educate others to recognize their part in problems and solutions in Ozaki County and beyond. It's Heidi and Erica back in the studio together. Yay! Where we belong. <laughs> That's right. It's been a while. <laughs> We've had a lot of guests and a lot of um, times Erica's been in here with the guest on days that worked for them, and I haven't been able to make it. So today we're going back to old school. Right. <laughs> to our roots. I think we're like 20 some podcast in now, which is neat. It's um, nice. Yeah, thanks, Jeff, our lovely producer who is also Shout in here with out us. To Jeff. Yeah, so, so today um, we thought we'd go back to some of the basics um, of the conversation that mm-hmm. we like to continue. And we want to talk about definitions today because in the conversations around race and racism and racial reconciliation, a lot of times we find that people are coming to the discussion without having a shared understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where a lot of disagreements start, is that if you don't have a shared um, starting point in a conversation, then you're bringing, if you're bringing one definition and I'm bringing another, then we're always going to talk past each other. And you can't even get to whatever the crux of the issue you're having because you can't get to the same terminology. And you right. You can't go anywhere. Yeah, so it's it's a it's frustrating to have um, this kind of di- dialogue because a lot of times people don't realize it. Um, so anything you're trying to communicate is going to fail because the, if you're not you're not actually communicating what you want to, and the person's not hearing what you want them to, mm-hmm. so it leads to anxiety and it gets us nowhere. Um, so that's why we think that we need to, you know, look at the flaws in the dialogue and go back to some of these terms and think about, you know. How can we start from the same place? So we were going to start today with racism. Mm-hmm. The word racism. Sure. Loaded, right? <laughs> loaded. It's a heavy word. Yeah, heavy word. Um, and there's actually kind of two that I've seen, and I don't know, Erica, you can add to it, but kind mm-hmm. of two colloquial definitions that we have. So one, and I would say this tends to be the more conservative group or conservative outlook on the word or the term racism, is that I, individual, treat someone differently and usually poorly Mm -hmm. because of their race or their skin color. So it's me as the individual. Mm -hmm. So when I say as a white person, I'm not racist, Mm -hmm. it means I'm not mean to black people. Right, right. Or I'm friendly to people with different skin color. Or I have a neighbor that's Asian and I like her. Mm -hmm. It, It means... I don't, you know, I, you often hear the the phrase, I don't see skin color right right along with that one. Um, So it's that definition of racism is determined really by the actions of individual people. Um, And so my acts of racism are only if I treat someone differently based on race. Right. 
So that's one. And do I go on the record saying, yes, I disagree. That is not the one that I like and think. That is, is not the one that Erica accurate likes. definition of racism. <laughs> right. Um, because definition number two is that um, it's treating someone poorly or, you know, with prejudice, plus you have an element of power mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that has been that you have, whether you've earned it or not, it's mm-hmm. because of history, because of laws, because of what else? I mean, all of these things. You yeah. you are just in habit. a... Habit. I think some of these are habit, habit you know, because we talk about, un- oh, well, I guess somewhere we should talk about unconscious bias. It doesn't mean that it's things that you are doing on purpose or that you... Um, that you plan to do it's it's, there are things that you do by habit because they've always been done that way but that doesn't mean that they aren't evoking some kind of racism right so in definition two and probably the more liberal i'm not saying you're liberal but just (gasps) it's what 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 kind of what we've seen like in the in news and reporting and people's understanding Mm -hmm. and people's journeys the more a different definition we'll just say that Mm -hmm. is um that it's racism that's it's in, institutionalized in mm-hmm. hierarchies in societal power. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's not necessarily governments or corporations or other organization as collections of individuals making individual choices. It's there's structures and frameworks in place mm-hmm. that are affecting people negatively because of their skin color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's because... They've never been right, right? I mean, and it doesn't have, I still don't believe that it is always what someone would say is intentional. Right. Well, I didn't mean to do it. Whether you meant to do it or not, it could still have the same impact, the same effect. So it's still, that's another one of those. Well, I, you can't say that what I'm doing is because of race because I didn't mean it because of race. Um, I'm right. trying to think of an example. Was it a few years ago when there was talk of the Red Cross not responding the same way in certain parts of the central city? So they had defined, I don't know if it was neighborhoods or zip codes in Milwaukee where they said, well, we are, if there is a, a, um, a disaster in this area, we will not offer some part of what we normally offer. Mm. So there wasn't someone at Red Cross that said, I know I do not like black people. And because I don't like black people, I am going to try to hurt them by changing this policy. There Mm. wasn't a person that necessarily Mm -hmm. sat somewhere and said that, but you, they made a blanket decision that incorporated a certain area of a certain city that was definitely 99.2% African American Mm -hmm. and they weren't doing it in any of the other areas that were 99.2% white. So what you were doing is affecting one race much more um, um, negatively than another race. So trying to have those conversations when you can only stop at, I didn't do it because I dislike black people. That's not what the question is. That's, right. It's it's what you're doing is affecting black people more than white people. So it has to do with race and you need to relook at what you're doing because of that. So definition number one, I think it's more intent and number two is more impact. Right. right. So like 
It doesn't matter if you didn't intend for there mm-hmm. to be negative consequences. It's the fact that there are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I think you can, you you also run into folks that may say, "But I have a very good friend who's black." Mm-hmm. That's nice. Mm-hmm. That does not negate something else that you've done that negatively affects black people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be one or the other. There isn't only one thing. So, to say, I I would. I don't think I don't know how many times in my life that I have ever said this person is a racist. That's that's just not normally how I talk. Mm -hmm. So to say that what you're doing is negatively affecting this race more than it is this race. It doesn't matter if you like a person that's black or Asian Mm -hmm. or Native American. That Mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with it. If what you're doing is vastly affecting this race more than this race, then it's because of race. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do we need to take a break? Okay. We'll come back in just a moment. So there can still be an instance of racism or some action that's racist and you can still be a good person. So one of the um, one of the things that we kind of talk about and actually I think I think we've talked about it at um, at one of the Bridge the Divide meetings of the the good bad binary when we had Mm -hmm. Surge come out that just because you are a good person if I challenge you on something that you've said or done that I think is racist, it doesn't take away that you're a good person. Okay, I have not then said you're a bad person, that you can only be good if you aren't challenged with anything that you've done or said that could be racist. Mm-hmm. So that's another one I think that stops the conversation a lot. Like we can't even get past it. I, you know, that could not have happened. He's a good person. I didn't say he was a bad person. Mm-hmm. I'm not defining his his character or all of his, you know, qualities or traits. I'm just saying that this thing that you said or did was a negative action that's affecting, you know, African-Americans that's not affecting white people. So Mm -hmm. you need to see that and you need to call it out. And doesn't mean that I'm saying you're not a good person. Yeah, I think it's binary. Our politics in this country have have come become quite binary. Mm -hmm. So people, it seems like there's only two ways that you can think Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of conversations and racism and racial issues being one of them, that there's only two parts or options. Either we're post-racial or we're not. Um, But all the conversation, all of these life issues are way more complex than just there's two answers. Right, right. so there's not there's usually more than two possibilities. Like you can be a good person with good intentions and participate in systems that pro, you know yes. propagate racism. Yes, yes, especially if it's a if it's a standard system that has been supported in the U.S. or in your city or in your county or you know that it that's the way it's always been mm-hmm. and it's the normal thing. So now you're telling me I'm a bad person because I'm doing the normal thing that everybody right. does. No, maybe we're just giving you more uh, or asking you to be more aware that what you're doing 
I don't care how long we've been doing it. If it's if it's wrong, then it's wrong and we should change it. Well, like wrong then becomes kind of a subjective, you know, like so we have data. There's data that shows a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that matters to people and sometimes it doesn't. Right. But um, I think in life and moving forward and growing, we have to always be open no matter Mm -hmm. our age or what we've seen um, to new information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way we're going to continue to grow. And it doesn't mean the old way is bad or your old perspective was bad or wrong. It's just... Mm -hmm you can continue to evolve and as you learn new things. Mm-hmm. And I think it, the less you need to be right over time, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I need to be less right than I used to right. because I know right. that I don't know everything right. anymore. Right. And, yeah. and that opens up possibilities of conversations with people that are very different than me and see things as very different than me. Um, so we, I had a conversation um, earlier today about cultural icons and about trying to define the right and the wrong if there's something that you've always done or that you've always liked and all of a sudden somebody else comes up to you now and says well that's wrong you should stop it you know I we have uh, confederate statues that have been in place since the 60s and now you want to come and tell me that something's wrong with it well it's been there forever it's great you know you can't change my mind so mm-hmm. but um I I had come to the realization that I have icons like that in my life for things. um, One of them is talking about Bill Cosby. I have never kind of just said that Bill Cosby is the best person ever in the world. You know, it's his person, you know, that that person has never been, oh, just the top of my greatest people in the world list. However, his work so much defined my childhood and my growing up because I did not see black people on television until uh, in in positive roles in complete full families that were happy and that um, were not living in abject poverty until I saw the um, the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not see African Americans enjoying college striving for college, doing great things until I saw a different world. So those were his works that that let me see all of these great things that I could I could strive for and I could be. And so then we have the last few years where there are things that are coming to light that we obviously never knew about the kind of dealings, the kind of person, the kind of character traits, negative traits that were a part of his life and they're coming to light. So am I going to stand up and defend? We have, you know, witnesses that say he did these things and he is guilty of these things. I'm not willing to stand up and say, no, he's not. He's a great man. Mm-hmm. I don't If they say he did them and he's convicted of doing them, then he did them. And that's just too bad. That doesn't take away from my childhood. It doesn't mean that I am not the same good person that I was and I didn't learn things from the shows that he produced and wrote. But it makes things different. I'm I'm not going to be willing to stand out in public and say, oh, yeah, he's a great guy. And and I think you should always return to him for advice on this thing. No, maybe I won't say those things anymore. And that it's difficult to do that. But that's when you come when you get new information that you didn't have before. You can't you can't do the same things when you have new information. You can't think the same way. It's it's new. You've grown and you've learned things. So 
So you know. that's so along those lines, um, unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. So we, over time, develop patterns in our brains, mm-hmm. the way we kind of the paradigm for how we see things. And um, it occurs automatically. And mm-hmm. we make these snap dis- decisions and judgments based on our past experiences. Mm-hmm. And so um, sometimes that extends into the way we treat people mm-hmm. um, or the way we view other people. And so um, how how do we question our unconscious bias? What what other things should we make sure our listeners know about unconscious bias? I think one of them is that we all have it, so it's okay. So it's not it's not it's not okay to continue with bad habits, right? But it's okay to discover that you are habitually doing something that you didn't realize you were doing mm-hmm. and that there's many of us that have to have to mm-hmm. come to that realization. And then you go, all right, now I have to be conscious of it. I have to watch every time I walk by um, a six foot tall black guy in the middle of the city and I move my purse to the other side because I've always done that. I need to recognize that I do that Mm -hmm. and stop doing it. (laughs) You know, explore why. Well, why did I do that? Did he reach out for my purse? Mm-hmm. Did he did he look at me and growl? Did he No, he just walked down the street and you reacted. So you have to recognize it and then go, "All right, I need to pay more attention." So these things that I do that are automatic, I just need to stop doing them. Stop fearing somebody who didn't do anything to you. Stop automatically locking your doors when I walk by. I don't want your car. I just got out of my car. Stop locking your doors when I walk by. <laughs> I mean, I admit I've done it. I've absolutely done it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've done it in the city. I do it. I do it here. So that is my life. And that is why I don't have a problem with it, because I lock my door when anybody go. I right. lock my door when I get in the car, because right. that's my habit. You right. lock your doors. You lock your house doors. You lock your car doors. You don't leave your purse on the seat. Well, you've been those places are just, where those are just yeah, good things to do. So habits. I do it here, too. Right. I don't just do it with certain people. And I think that's the problem. The things that you have to realize that the things you do aren't, they aren't just bad just because you do them. But when you only do them because that kind of person is there, I need Mm -hmm. to watch for a suspicious person. What's what's suspicious because they look differently or because they actually did something. So it it takes a will. (laughs) It takes a willingness to explore our unconscious Mm -hmm. biases. Mm -hmm. And then it's another step to change the actions that come out of them, which is not always easy. But you're not going to change it if you don't even acknowledge that it's there. So you got to you got to acknowledge it. Right. All right. Another break and then we'll come back for the conclusion. to talk about as a white person um, in the past and I would say more in the past but I've heard a lot of other white people say this too is that there's reverse racism Mm -hmm. against me now Mm -hmm. as a white person and that's maybe part of why you know the rising up around Trump you know white middle class men or feel 
like they don't have a place. Um, but I've heard, like for my my example is when I lived in Chicago, mm-hmm. I felt a, quite a bit of animosity mm-hmm. from other, I would say more black women. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just who I met. But like I'd be on the bus. I was the, I lived right by the projects just a couple blocks away. I was in mm-hmm. this transitional neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And ours was the first stop on the State Street bus line, number 29, where white people would get on. And mm-hmm. so it was a black a bus full of African-American people. Mm-hmm. And then I get on, like I'd be nine months pregnant. No one, everyone would look me up and down. No one would give me their seat. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, is this a statement? Because most people would give a nine month pregnant woman a seat mm-hmm. or not. Um, and so then I, it was more the attitude though. I would right. say like, I didn't feel welcome. I felt out right. of place. Right. And, right. And I think that those, those things could absolutely be true. Being a different race, so being a white person in a black neighborhood and not feeling welcome, mm-hmm. that could be true. I mean, why? I, I don't think that I had very much interaction with white people at all growing up in Cleveland. It mm-hmm. was, um, there was one light, white lady I remember at church that pay, played guitar. Um, otherwise, it was people in power around me. It was mm-hmm. my teachers. It was the people at the bank. It was the people at the welfare office. It was, mm-hmm. there were people who were in authority over me who weren't nice to me, loving, mm-hmm. giving, I mean, aside from my teachers. I mean, right. so, so, so I had plenty of reason to not like people, but mm-hmm. I think that's why we have to get these definitions because if a black person doesn't like a white person, it's not racism. If it's a black, a white person doesn't like a black person, I cannot like you because you're, you were mean. You took my parking spot. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't, I'm not having good feelings about you, but I don't think that it automatically means that it's about race every time something is, we disagree on something. But I think that you can be a white person in a black neighborhood and have lots of prejudice against you. Mm -hmm. Could be some discrimination. There could be some bias. But I don't necessarily believe it's racism. When people use that word, racism, Mm -hmm. I think they're using definition number one. It's because of the color of my skin. Right, right. So I guess, and you say, no, it's not racism Mm because you're using definition number two. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. Because I'll read, sometimes I'll read comments like on other, um, you know, on different things on Facebook or on Mm -hmm. blogs, and I'll see stuff like white people. Shaking my head, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff, just like white people can't stand white people. White mm-hmm. people are worst. Mm-hmm. Um, why can't white people figure it out? Mm-hmm. So to me, that looks like I don't like white people. Mm-hmm. I am judging them based on the color. All white people, color right. of their skin, bad. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I can see why some white people would say there's racism against white people if they're using definition number one right because yeah. i don't like you i'm going right. to treat you badly because right. of the color of your skin right and i and i don't think that that's yeah that's not that's not the that's not the definition that i use and and not liking somebody i would love that if everybody loved each other and you know kumbaya but not liking somebody if you did something if you're black and you did something to a white person and that white person doesn't like you then that's not racism. That's because you did something they didn't yeah. like. And, you know, but but if you are, when you get to the other definition that we were talking about, mm-hmm. if you have an entire neighborhood full of black people and there's a white person there that they don't like, they can't systemically change laws, mm-hmm. change policies right. to completely shut out white people from having any kind of generational wealth Mm-hmm. Um, education opportunities, uh, policing. They 
they they don't have the the power you know the systemic the the power of whiteness behind them to make those things happen so mm-hmm. there isn't a power of blackness that can then change how the governments run how the it's it's embedded in there and it's been like that mm-hmm. for the 400 years right so some interpersonal disagreements i don't like you you don't like me I don't feel like um, smiling at the white person today that snarled at me yesterday because I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. That's that's a, that's a, a something that I individually am doing to that person, but it's not a systemic power structure that can then make that person not get a job, not get a car, not get a loan. You know, I understand that. I'm just yeah. trying to get at how. What do you say to the white person who feels? Like, in general, African-American people don't like them. And have you seen African-American people with that sense or that attitude? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a it's um, if you're if you think about a bully. Right. So Mm -hmm. if if I am the person that is being bullied by another person and that bullying is I can't. I can't get somewhere in my job because that bully is my boss and won't promote me. I can't. I can't get a new account at the bank because that bully is the banker and he doesn't like me and and he has the power to control all this. It's, it's a constant, a constant bullying can make you bitter, Mm -hmm. can make you a a different kind of person than you would have been had you had several interactions, great interactions with white people. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a black neighborhood and the only interactions you have with white people are negative ones, Mm -hmm. then why do you all of a sudden come out saying, well, but you should be nicer to me. Right. You know, you haven't had any good interactions. Right. And that's a relationship thing. Right. You know, and that that's that's an individual. That's a seeing more white people in black neighborhoods that aren't trying to come and save black people from themselves, mm-hmm. you know, or not trying to come and throw money at a problem that mm-hmm. I think you have and here let me help you mm-hmm. there there aren't any relationships and right. so if if you don't develop any relationships how is a black person ever going to see a white person in a good light if they're not if they're never seeing them right and yeah and we talk about that all the time from the reverse from in the suburbs how are you supposed to ever see a right. black person in a good light if you never see them if right. the only thing you see is the folks that are on TV that are that's a, a criminal right. element, and that there's three there's three black guys, so that means that's all the black guys because right. I saw these three black guys that did something. But you're you're not in and and you if you're in the suburbs, you can continue that life mm-hmm. of disliking black people because you don't want to like them, and nothing and you don't ever have to stop. Right. There's no because you're isolated. No motivation to change. There there isn't. And so we have that conversation in the reverse. And well, you should like white people more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Should white people like black people more? I Mm -hmm. mean, what what (laughs) what are we going to do about that? And that's that's I think that's a relationship thing. Yeah, I think I mean, I think we could easily agree that there's still a lot of tension there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it's due to our segregation, our geographical segregation, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. our our different definitions. And I think too often white people who haven't had to personally endure the mm-hmm. realities of our history mm-hmm. and who don't know our history, um, 
they make it individual. It's easy to make it about you as an individual instead of, no, this is this is years of systemic misuse of power. And 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 I think that also we also get to the if you're if you're living in the suburbs, which you know that doesn't automatically make you white, but the majority of whites that live in the suburbs and blacks that live in the city or in an urban area, then it's it's talking about the the toxicity of our environment again. Mm-hmm. So I'm black. I live in the inner city. All of the troubles that my grandmother had, my mother had, that I have, that I live here, and this is constant, continuous generations of this horrible mm-hmm. bullying, feeling, thought, oppression, and then you're white in the suburbs, and you've had your grandfather, your father, yourself, with great wealth, you just keep and rising things up. are fine. So, so then there's trying to even come together to talk about, what are you even talking about? Everything is fine. Why are right. you complaining? Everything is not fine, and I'm tired of it, and it didn't just start yesterday, and I'm not angry and bitter because of one thing that happened to me yesterday. It's generations of stuff Mm -hmm. that I can't even talk to you about because you don't think that it exists. Mm -hmm. So how, you know, you just want me to be happy and not mean, but what are, what are you doing? You're not seeing what's happening. So there's, there's no movement. There's, there's gotta be some kind of movement to overlap, to have the conversation about why this is generations of oppression and what this anger is stemming from Mm -hmm. before we have a conversation that says, well, you need to just do better in your neighborhood and maybe things wouldn't be so bad. (laughs) Oh, we're coming to the end of our session, but we need, I feel like this is like part one, maybe 60 more minutes at least. (laughs) Yeah. A lot more to say. Like, I feel like we were just getting to the conversation and you know, why are there, why is there still tension? And right. I mean, when we come to these conversations, considering people's past and history and how you arrived at your definitions is really important Mm -hmm. because otherwise you will just talk around each other. And I think a lot more listening has to be done than talking, Mm -hmm. probably especially by white people Mm -hmm. in the conversation. I often see the white man dominating (laughs) these conversations and it's, you know what? Everyone has a voice at the table. I don't like right. it when, right. you know, they tell people to sit down because you've had the voice forever. Mm-hmm, but because mm-hmm. everybody matters. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of listening to be done. Right. So right. We hope to foster that in Let's our listeners. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs>